Hey everybody, this is Dale from Grand Fork's Best Source, and no, you're not re-listening to last week's Icky Ichabod show again. This is not a mistake. This is me with another disclaimer for me saying I screwed up the audio again with the microphone settings before we started the episode. It was like the power of the Undertaker's urn infected me and caused me to mess up again. I apologize and regret the technical difficulties for a second week in a row. If it happens again, it'll be like that awful SmackDown vs. Raw video game, and we'll have The Undertaker mysteriously invade the studio and turn Santino Morella and Fit Finley into wrestling zombies like in that awful 360 game. But with that said, enjoy the episode. It's part two of our best gimmicks and characters episode of Icky Ichabod's Weird Wrestling. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Welcome to Nicky Ichabod's Weird Cinema, or Weird Wrestling, live from Grand Fork's Best Source. I'm Nicky Ichabod, and how are you doing tonight? Yeah, it's going to be a good show today. Uh, we got part two of our best characters in wrestling episodes, so I'm especially looking forward to, to doing it here today, covering all our favorite characters. I think we covered people missed out two weeks ago. We did part one. Yep. You talked about Bray Wyatt, Mick Foley, Happy Corbin. We're going to wrap up your list, and I'm going to hit a few from my list, but before we get going to that, uh, we're just going to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Rumors Sports Bar and Casino, where they're the place to go to if you want to catch, especially a football season going on. I know yesterday I walked in there, I, I happened to swing by the studio here to do some prep work for some shows for the week, but I made sure to stop by Rumors first, because they were open early for the Vikings' early morning football game, because they're playing in London, so they have the early time zone difference, and Rumors make sure to open early at 8, take care of all the Vikings fans. And they're usually open every day from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. If you go there on a, any football Sunday of the season, you don't see the football game for your favorite team on, just ask one of the staff, and they're usually great at helping you out put on the sports game you want to watch. Or if it's just any sport, you, you just stop in there any time of the day. You're like, hey, I want to watch some tennis. Hey, I want to watch some basketball. They'll find it for you. They'll put it on. they got a great sports cable package. And they also got all kinds of great dinner and lunch specials, $6 express lunch specials. Every single weekday, they're home of their legendary, famous beer tower, and all kinds of specials going on all week. Like on Mondays, it's DJ Trivia Night. Fridays, it's Fiesta Fridays. Uh, Wednesday, they, they have $3 pounders all day. All kinds of specials going on every single day at Rumors Sports Bar Casino. They're located right here in the Grand Cities Mall, and uh, they're open every day from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Check them out, Rumors Sports Bar Casino in the Grand Cities Mall. Well, we're going we're gonna to be talking about a wrestler today who might just uh, like that, the Sandman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why you want to kick it off with you. He's like uh, one of your, another one of your favorite characters or gimmicks in wrestling, right? Well, yeah, yeah, he is. You know, he's, he's just awesome. He's a, a hardcore, and he, he comes out, he's smoking a cigarette, bash, he starts bleeding before the match even starts because he's hitting himself in the head with a beer can. Oh, my. Sandman, he would do like, Sentons on uh, ladders and yeah, he is the Sandman has probably one of the best. I mean, besides being a fun, just crazy, dumb, fun character, he's he's notorious for getting wasted on his way to the ring. He's crushing beer before Stone Cold started chugging beers. 
after a match uh, or just for any in-ring interview in WWF back in the day, uh, Sandman, on the way to the ring, he'd come out to enter Sandman by Metallica. By Metallica. Would crush beers on his head, get himself busted open by the time he'd get in the ring and would be half in the bag by the time the match got started. And on top of it, he named like half his moves after rest, after uh, Beer, drinks. yeah. Like the Heineken Rana. And instead of the Russian leg sweep, it was the white Russian leg sweep. All kinds of dumb, fun names like that. I mean, as far as a wrestler goes, he was like a silly, just a brawler, hardcore brawler, but the, the character was a trick. Well, you know, he was a Zuba wearing... Zubas, yeah. Zubas, yeah. He even had a surfboard for a little while, too, in his ECW days. Well, he, he started... He's, originally, he just came out in, like, this orange bodysuit. Yeah, he kind of... Eventually, his character tweaked to become the Sandman we all know and love today. And I wonder if that has anything to do with Neil Gaiman, why he named himself that. Probably my favorite Sandman moment is... I mean, I, I, I remember always watching ECW videos for a while, and I remember seeing his... I saw his entrance enough times over the years that it, it was always a good entrance with Metallica and all that, but then the first uh, ECW one-night stamp pay-per-view put on by WWE in 2005, he came out to it, and WWE actually put up the... pointed up the... The rights for Metallica to have Sandman come out to enter Sandman, and the whole crowd was singing along to the entire song. It was an awesome moment at the Hammerstein. Ball. Did uh, did Sandman ever tag with Tommy Dreamer? I believe he. That was the main event of that first uh, ECW One Night Stand. Was versus the Dudleys, yep. I believe. That was the main event. Yeah, it was a great main event, great moment, and a great brawl between ECW and WWE guys and the show. Do you remember when they had that three-way match, uh, Big Stevie Cool, uh, um, Terry Funk, and the Sandman? Wasn't that like the first uh, first pay-per-view, Barely Legal? I think so. Oh, Terry Funk was in there, you said, right? And yeah. Funk, Funk grabbed that stupid uh, uh, ladder and put it around his head and just started spinning around in circles. Yeah. Oh, Sam. I was glad he got a little bit, a little like one and a half year run in WWE towards the end there when they brought did, back ECW, even though he wasn't that great at that point because he needed some good paydays. <laughs> did Did you ever see the crucifixion angle with oh, yeah. uh, Raven and yep. and apparently uh, Kurt Angle was going to get involved with ECW and when he saw the crucifixion, he was, "If you put me on on air with this crucifixion, I'm going to sue you." Yep. Yeah, that was. That, that drove Kurt Angle could have had a whole new chapter in his career starting off in the original ECW. What would that have been like? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Um, so do you want to cover your next character? Yes, please. All right. Uh, Al Snow. Uh, you got, you got, you know, he was a rave character, man. He was just so rave, you know, with the head, bobbing up and down with the head and talking to the head. And, and he was another one that got, got his start as that character in ECW. Well, Shinobi, he was also Shinobi. Yeah, he had a few different characters in WWE before uh, ECW. Yeah, Shinobi and uh, Avatar. The, another and the Kangaroo, player. the Kangaroo Brothers. And, and Leaf Cassidy, one half of the New Rockers with Marty Jannetty, where he was like a guy stuck in the 70s. All kinds of failed characters. Speaking of failed characters from the 70s, that 70s guy, Mike Awesome. Oh, my gosh. That either, was- either that or Mike Awesome, the fat chick thriller. Yeah, the, the, those were the waning days of WCW, the original WCW, and the less said about that, the better. I like I like uh, how uh, Stone Cold said on ECW, we're going to have Monday Night NyQuil, where all the geriatrics come, or something like that. Yeah, and uh, so, so it was cool seeing Al Snow find his character and went over the fan base uh, of ECW uh, faithful with uh, bring the mannequin head to the ring. 
Well, here's the thing, you know, it's funny about that. Mick Foley wrote a book called Christmas Chaos. Are you familiar with that one? Is that his kid's book? Yes. And one of the kids asks for a best of Al Snow tape. And he he, he says in, in the book, he goes, even though no such tape ever existed. Yes. Yes, yes. He's notorious for Mick, uh, Mick Foley pulling all kinds of pranks and rips on Al Snow in, in his many books. And even, even all the, they even brought that angle onto the, WWE television after a while, and the two actually put their differences aside and won the tag team titles. You know, you know who was a, a really good tag team. We, we should have talked about this the last time with Mick Foley, but Mick Foley and Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, great. Either that or Mikey Whipwreck and Tajiri, because Mikey Whipwreck has really, you know, really gone far with his career actually since he started off as a member of the Ring Crew. Yeah, yeah, and Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, I think we touched on that briefly in our first episode. ECW, yeah. On Weird Wrestling, all about ECW. But uh, Al Snow, he had a pretty good run for his like first year or two in WWF. He, started- he was a hardcore champion, and then he was a, a member of the the uh, tag team Head Cheese with Steve Blackman. That. It was a bad tag team, but I was a big Steve Blackman fan, and so I was glad to see him get a little bit of a push. Those two had a tag match at WrestleMania. What did you think of uh, Al Snow's lead faction, the Job Squad? The Job Squad. Uh, referee Jim Jim Jones, who became Judge Jim Jones, and he managed uh, Mike Awesome. Uh, the Blue Meanie. Um, Gilberg. Oh, I was Dwayne Gill at the time. Yeah. Was was was? I, am I, I thinking think of the BWO? It was yeah, Big Stevie Cool. BWO, but I think Blue Meanie was in the Job Squad also. But also Scorpio was in there, Hardcore Holly, or he was still Bob Holly at the time, and yeah. Well, here, what does Job Squad stand for? Just off business or just off pay or something like that? Oh, they they, they used to, it used to say on the shirt, pin me, pay me, yeah. because they were just jobbers. They weren't, you know, really good wrestlers. Yeah, the but bad, they were good wrestlers. Yeah, they were good, but they were just kind of stuck in bad gimmicks at the time, so they kind of threw them all together. The group was only around for like... Few months. I want to get a Job Squad shirt personally. Yeah, well, maybe uh, I'm sure they find them on some online marketplaces. There, they, they got to be some. Well, I used to be a huge Job Squad fan. Um, one last thing about Al Snow, though. Uh, did you know that they actually uh, uh, pulled his action figure off the line because they said the head was misogynistic? Uh, yeah, that rings a bell. I think it wasn't a Walmart pulled it, I believe, right? Because they yeah. had a little more stricter policies, I guess, for being the family marketplace and all that. Well, now look look at the look at the wrestlers. Now they have uh, stupid fiend action figures of Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt was just creepy. So they've come a long way. Yes, they're they're figures. Oh my goodness. So let's talk about some things you want to talk about. Yeah, some of the characters. I you know that's your five uh, top characters. Me, I'll go through my list here a little quick. Here, just a couple bullet points on each person. Uh, and I, I kind of noticed mine are kind of from what there's a couple I like from your list. That I wanted to put on, and a couple of the modern era I kind of wanted to put on. But the ones that really resonated with me were the ones I guess I grew up with. So they're kind of along that lines of late '80s. The early to mid nineties WWF. So, so more like you know, like back then they had like um characters that were like carpenters and or, plumbers or dentists. Or like or, cartoon larger than life cartoon characters. Well look at Eugene Dinsmore, you know. He was a over the top character. Yeah, he was over the top. He would definitely be on the list, though I, I would feel a little controversial putting him on there a, a little bit, but uh, uh but I thought the way Nick played the character was perfect. Uh, and he actually has a wrestling school in South Dakota. 
Yeah, yeah. The Eugene character is a fun time for the short time it lasted. But my uh, number five is Big Boss Man, the oh, police officer. Yeah, he was cool. He was an evil police officer managed by Slick at first and part of the Twin Towers with Akeem. And then eventually he won over the fan base, became a good guy, was a huge... He was probably like my first favorite wrestler. I even, as a kid, I even had Big Boss Man tennis shoes. Really? Yeah. They had Big Boss Man tennis shoes? They had so much bad WWF merchandise back in the late 80s. They still have bad WWE merchandise. Oh. So, like, those those uh, those uh, um, portraits that you can buy that look like stained glass. But in the late 80s, early 90s, they just they had the Wrestle Buddies. The, the, they still have those. And then they have the, the horrible ice cream bars, which I think they brought back recently, and, and so many other bad things. Uh, I liked I liked Big Boss Man yeah. with the nightstick. And he had a great entrance theme, one of my all-time favorite entrance themes. Uh, look it up on YouTube. I will not butcher it by attempting to sing it. Uh, then my next favorite character is uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah, didn't that snake bite someone one time? And Yeah, yeah, um, and it's mostly, I guess, the character, the gimmick. You know, Jake came up in the room with a big snake, and the snake very... Yeah. And as a kid, I was terrified of that snake. And then, because the, especially the characters uh, the that Jake was feuding with at the time, like Andre the Giant, he got Andre petrified during the Royal Rumble. And the snake. But yeah, Jake came out for his turn in the match, and Andre got the heck out of the ring and eliminated himself. And uh, and then, uh, of course, him using the snake on Randy Savage. Yeah, didn't he, like, have it, like, crawl across him or something like that? He, like, Randy Savage was, was on like, the, the ground. the time he brought, like, a, I think it was a cobra snake, I forget the type of snake, but a way more vicious snake than usual, and uh, the snake actually bit him. But uh, uh, I'm surprised he didn't get in trouble for that. Well, they made sure the the snake was uh, de-venomized before it before it got in. And then Jake shared some stories where Rand, before the match or before the segment, Randy Savage told Jake that the only way I'm doing this where you're having the snake bite me is we make sure the snake bites you first, so we make sure there's no poison in the snake, so we make sure your reaction is okay. And <laughs> can I say something really quick? Yeah, go you for know what it. that kind of reminds me of. A Texas death match in in, in uh, Japan, where they use like cactuses, barbed wire, but they also have a little hidden treat in there for you. It's live scorpions. Oh man, yeah. Gosh. The way they get insects and all kinds of reptiles involved in wrestling, right? Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, that's Jake Roberts, and he, of course, Jake Roberts had so many great just just timid, mellow promos. You know, unlike a lot of the other wrestlers with that, like Hogan and. And many other ones that would just yell at the time, late 80s, early 90s. Jake Roberts had these very cool, mild-mannered promos. He didn't trust me. Just, he stood out from everyone else in wrestling. Yeah. And uh, so my next favorite would be Ultimate Warrior. As Wasn't as he the guy with all the, like, frills on his arms and stuff? All like the tassels. That? Yeah. The face paint, the neon. Wasn't Ezekiel or whatever his name? He's a new wrestler. Um... Yep. Didn't he do that? Didn't he pull the Ultimate Warrior? Well, they kind of portray him as like an unstoppable like monster. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, he was more portrayed as an irresistible force because he would run to the ring. He had the face paint, the neon, the tassels. Wasn't really a good wrestler. Actually notorious for being very dangerous in the ring, not taking care of his opponents. But uh, 
had this great just thumping theme music. And you know, as a kid, that late '80s, early '90s era, you were either a Hulk Hogan fan or an Ultimate Warrior fan. I was an Iron Sheik fan. Or an Iron Sheik fan. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter. You'll get some kicks out of it. But uh, I don't know if you've seen it. One of the all-time classic matches as a kid growing up: WrestleMania Six, Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. Those two just tore the roof off. You know, not to be rude to the old wrestling. But wrestling's sure come a long way since the 80s. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's been more moves invented that I don't even think they would even know what to do with. Oh, yeah. You know, there's kind of like an old saying in some wrestling circles, you know, it's it's more about you can pull off all the flashy moves and sick flips in the world. And sure, they look cool and they definitely get a good pop of the crowd. Uh, but, you know, the more and more over the years I'm a wrestling fan, I find myself creating more five-star storytelling in a match than five-star, like, flips and aerial maneuvers. I like both. Uh, My mom and my dad think the storytelling is stupid, but... If you can have the best of both worlds, those are the true standout wrestlers. But uh, my next one, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. What a character, right? I think so. Uh, Haven't seen him in a while, but... I mean, I read Ted DiBiase's autobiography, and that was... uh, he knew it was in for something special because that was Vincent Mann's hand, handcrafted character that he was saving for the right talent when he recruited Ted DiBiase out of Mid South Wrestling, and you know he they did, you know, he came out that he was rich. That was his whole character. He wore all the extravagant suits. Well, look, you look, you have other things like that, like Doctor Isaac Yankum, who later became Kane. Yep. He was a, a dentist. Oh yeah, he was a dentist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Before he became the the yeah the. The red, uh, was it the... Big red, red Monster. Big Red Machine or Big Red Monster Kane. Or, yeah, the... And now, now, he's a, now he's a mayor, actually. And he's a mayor. But, yeah, Million Dollar Man, great, great gimmick. Uh, buy out people to become characters. His own, had his own championship belt. Yeah, a great character. And, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll just say... You no, know, we'll have to save it for another episode, but my number one is The Undertaker. I mean, what can We could just about? do a whole show on we The should, Undertaker. We should do a whole episode on The Undertaker. A lot of stuff to cover with him, but uh, I guess before we wrap up, I, I know you wanted to give some love to that uh, local uh, promotion, any promotion, Time Bomb Wrestling. They got their show coming up, right, Icky? Yes, yes, actually. Um, Live Pro Wrestling featured Time Bomb's first ever cage match, and basically, it's their four-year anniversary, too, so Violence is Forever will be on Thursday, October 13th. At the Sanctuary Events Center, downtown Fargo, and it's 21 plus. Doors open at 7 p.m., show 8 p.m. And you can order tickets on their website at timebombpro.com. So, yeah, definitely make sure to check it out. We saw their show a few months ago. It was a great time. It was a great time, and I actually got to meet Eric Cannon from Wrestling Society X. And, you know, this show is going to be a little bit more of a hardcore show because it's only 21 and up, so... And, of course, a cage match, so all kinds of cool stuff to probably expect. There will be, I'm expecting a more of a hardcore show. You know, and just to say this, but I love Time Bomb from the, from the beginning of their inception when I saw them until now. I still love them. They're, they're a bunch of great guys. They're a bunch of new talent that is breathing life into... The Midwest wrestling scene. So, thank you. All right, and uh, before we go, uh, we were uh, we're just going to give a quick sh- here have a quick message from our friends at Executive Properties. 
Our team of professionals at Executive Properties Construction have over 30 years of experience. We pride ourselves on doing quality work at a reasonable rate for our customers. Just check out what past customers have said in our amazing Google reviews. Then contact us today to get started on a bid for your next project. You can call us at 701-330-1273 or email info at executiveproperties.org. And check it out. We're hiring. We're building our new team for snow removal for this upcoming season. Contact Jess for more info at jess at executiveproperties.org. All right. Thank you, Executive Properties. And uh, Iggy, do do you have a movie pick for next week? Do I have a movie pick? It's going to be Legend with Tim Curry. That's going to be starting a new promotion for all of October, right? Yes, it will be. And I believe the next wrestling show will either be on Combat Zone Wrestling or Extreme Pro Wrestling XPW Rob Black's Corporation. And what, what is, it's going to be all fantasy, spooky fantasy movies for all of October, right? Yes, we, we have planned... Uh, um, what do we have planned? We have uh, Never Ending Story, Dark Crystal, and Legend. So... So tune in then, and remember, we serve the big wigs, but not the small wigs.